What is it? Well, they weren't kidding. This safe is serious. How serious are we talking, Scotty? It's a Carbondale. It's from 1910. Made from the same steel as the Titanic. Wow. Can you crack it? Well, here's the thing. It doesn't do so well in the cold. Remember what that iceberg did? Yeah, man, it killed DiCaprio. Killed everybody. Not to kill the old lady. She still throw the jewel into the oceans. water in the locking mechanism and froze it with nitrogen. Ice expands, metal doesn't. What are you doing now? Waiting. Waiting. Nice. Wow, I love Ant-Man. I mean, it's just a great movie. But I love the way that he opened up that safe. I mean, who would have thought with ice and all that stuff and just just popping the thing out? But I thought it was really cool how the safe had a reputation. I mean, when he said the Carbondale from 1910, he knew exactly what that safe was about. And he also understood what the safe was made from. And so I think it's really interesting as we're talking about cherishing that we know our hearts because our hearts are like a safe or... I'm going to call it a strong box today. It's like a strong box, and it's made out of the same stuff that Adam and Eve's hearts were made out of. And every human that's walked on this planet, our hearts have been made out of the same stuff, and we have the same propensity, the same reputation of heart to struggle with the same things that um, happened from the beginning. And one of the things that we're going to discover that is self-centeredness is the strong box of humanity. We all deal with it. We all have issues with this strong box and this being filled with self-centeredness. And it's something that we're going to have to deal with if we're going to shepherd other people's lives, if we're going to tend and care for the people that we love. I think this is why Jesus in John 15, 13 defines what the greatest love is. He says, no greater love than a person lays down their life for their friends. I mean, if this was so easy, it wouldn't be considered the greatest love. But rather, it's because he knows that getting people outside of the strong box, getting people beyond self-centeredness is amazing. I mean, it's like, what a great accomplishment for humanity with God is, is that if you can get outside of yourself, if you can bust up the strong box, the reputation that all the humanity has of being self-centered, and you can begin to love other people, now that's, that's a great love. That's a, that's a great fulfillment in life. So if we're going to cherish people in relationships, we're going to have to break out of the strong box.
Um, because most arguments, most conflicts, most breakups occur because someone will not open the safe. They will be guarded in their lives. They'll be protecting certain things in their lives. They won't share certain things in their lives. They won't give into other people's lives uh, resources that they'll hold back. And um, the relationship will not work as long as we try to love but yet maintain the strong box of self-centeredness the journey ends right there. So as we learned last week, cherishing requires shepherding. It requires tending to a relationship, caring for it, leading it, giving attention into it. So we're going to have to blow up the strong box. We're going to have to redefine what the win in a relationship looks like. So if you're a parent, you're going to have to decide you're not going to make any money being a parent. And having been a parent, uh, having four kids, it's just, um, I didn't make any money off of any of them. And uh, you just have to realize that there are certain things that you're not going to call a win out of parenting. You're gonna have to break out of that strong box. If you're a husband or a wife, you're going to have to define your win more than just being argumentative or winning the fight, winning the argument. If you're at work, you're going to have to redefine winning at work other than seeing your coworker fail or making more money than somebody next to you. The win is going to have to be the cherishing. And in order for cherishing to happen, we're going to have to, we're going to, have to blow open the, the strong box. You know, I could make a list of all the little sacrifices that we need to make in a daily relationship. And, you know, I could do a, you know, one Sunday where I say, okay, guys, here's a list of things that you need to do to break out of yourself and, and cherish your spouse, your wife. And, and I could make the list for, for wives and I can make the list for kids and for coworkers and all, and, and those are good. And um, I could talk about the meals, the dishes, uh, taking out the trash, the picking up your underwear after taking a shower, tucking the kids into bed, picking up this from the store, running by the cleaners, going to Piggly Wiggly or a store of your choice. Whatever it may be, we could make a list of it. But, you know, I think it would be better if we just bust open the strong box of our hearts. If we were just to get self-centeredness out of the way, I think it would unlock all kinds of resources where we wouldn't have to make a bunch of have-to lists. We would be able to be prepared for any situation, in any relationship, to, be, to, to give that shepherding, that tending love. So as we learned last week, Jesus modeled cherishing through shepherding. It's kind of, he made that transition from just using it as a metaphor. He actually said, I am the good shepherd. As he says here in John chapter 10, verse 10, he says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. See, he contrasts being a shepherd with being this hired hand. He doesn't even call him a bad shepherd. He just calls him a hired hand. He's categorically something totally different. Why? It's because the hired hand's going to run away because he doesn't have ownership. He doesn't have buy-in into the relationship. Because the hired hand is still practicing a principle of self-preservation. He's trying to, to save his life, keep his life, profit his life, but yet also 
kind of look like he's doing shepherding, but he's not really doing shepherding. He wants to remain, keep the strong box in place where, hey, I'll only go so far. I'm not gonna open myself up. I, I, I'm, I, I wanna, I'll run as soon as this gets difficult. But I also wanna, I wanna make profit off of it. I, wanna, I want this to be successful. So we're going to have to look at the heart of the Good Shepherd. But just before we do and, and see what the, the Good Shepherd looks like inside his heart, because there's a lot of things that I know that I do as a hireling in the sense of my heart's not really into it. Have you ever used that phrase before? Where you do a honey-do list and we go home and we do certain things and and there are some certain things that need to be done. And I just happen to be the honey that needs to do it. But um, there's something more fulfillment in relationships when our hearts are connected to things, when, our, when we do things out of cherishing instead of just have to do things. I mean, I mean, isn't that what we love about the New Testament compared to some of the things that we see in the Old Testament is that you know, we love God because he first loved us and I'm compelled to, to love him differently, not because I'm commanded alone to do it, but rather I've been kind of coaxed into it more and we'll talk about the power of coaxing a little bit later. But before we talk more about the heart, you need to realize that in none of this that I'm talking about, breaking open your safe box, am I saying opening yourself to abuse? If you are in an abusive relationship, you need to get out of the relationship. Now, you may need to seek counsel on what is the definition of abuse. But let me encourage you that when I say opening up the safe box, I'm not saying opening yourself up for, for abuse. Because remember in the first that Jesus said, he said, there's no greater love than a man die for his friends. And there's no place in the Bible where it says a man shall die for his enemies you know, or let his enemies kill him. We're told to pray for our enemies. We're told to love our enemies. But there's no place where it says, well, you should just let your enemy kill you. So there are some times when abuse in a relationship becomes so adversarial that like the Apostle Paul said, we try to live at peace with people as much as possible, but there are some people we just can't live at peace with and we need to leave those relationships. So now that we've got that understanding, let's get back to the heart of the Good Shepherd. And I'm gonna use Paul out of Philippians and chapter two, starting in verse one. He, he kind of uh, understands the heart of Christ really well and he kind of lays it out for us in a way that we can pick up pieces of it and say, oh, okay, that's what he was doing there. And that was the principle he was operating on. So he kind of unpacks the shepherd heart for us. So he says in Philippians 2.1, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, or, um, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. I mean, I don't know about you, that, that just blew up my strong box. I mean, it's like that just busted into the, my safe, that place of um, self-preservation, self-focus, self-interest, selfishness in my life. And he, he talks about the strong box materials, just like uh, Scott Lang in, in uh, Ant-Man was talking about the safe being built out of the same materials as the Titanic. The materials of this strong box Paul talks about are um, selfishness and conceit. And he says that you're gonna have to blow that up. We're going to have to use the explosive of humility. 
He talks about count others more significant than yourselves. One of the things that we'll have to do is we'll have to go back and reevaluate the people we're doing life with, but with a different standard or metric of valuation. We'll have to look at them through the metric of God. And that we, we don't go back and look at them and say, well, are they worth living with? Are they worth loving? Um, you know, are they living up to their promises? But he's like, no, I want you to go back and I want you to revalue your relationships that are significant in your life. And I want you to count them. Um, I want you to count them more significant than yourself. It's like, wow, that's major. I mean, they may be walking in the door every day after work, and as they walk in the door, you know, you could rate them from one to 10, and 10 being the best, and one being, you know, or let's, let's go with zero, because you may have some zeros in your life. But Paul's saying, listen, when they walk back in the door, you need to put a higher number on them when they come home than you put on, your, on top of yourself. And that's a new way of of valuing relationships. And he says, we need to go back and do that. We need to blow up this idea that I am the most significant person in this relationship, and I need to blow it up with this thing called humility, or I need to revalue others and more higher than myself. He continues to talk about this real shepherd heart. He says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. Now, he's not saying that you can't be into fishing and, and um, running and going to the gym and uh, the opera. I mean, I don't know who does that, but I mean, all the different things that you may be into. And he doesn't say you can't, but he says you also need to be interested in the interest of other people. See, the strong box element, the material of the strong box of selfishness is what I call self-interest myopia. It's when our focus and our vision becomes so narrow that we're only looking on what is um, important to me, what's going to make me better, what's going to make my life prosper, what's going to fulfill my life. And we, we, we uh, developed this myopia where we just can't see beyond ourselves and we've, we've got to blow that up. And I love what he says about the explosive that we need to blow up that strong box. And I'm gonna use this phrase, and it sounds like when I said it to myself, I was thinking I sound like Michael Scott from the, from the office. But we need to develop um, hetero interest. Now, I know that sounds like a really crazy phrase, but I, I thought there was something really indicting about it. It's because we, we, we talk about um, the word hetero when it comes to sexuality and, and we're really, really tight about upholding a biblical principle and as churches we, we talk about that and we want to make sure everything goes hetero but the Apostle Paul is, is, well, okay, I see what your interest is there but he says, I mean, your focus of, of there on sexuality but what about your, your interest? Um, you need to be hetero in interest and that's actually the prefix in Greek that is used when he talks about looking on the interest of others. He talks about, listen, you, you need to begin to pair yourself up to the interest of other people and somebody other than you, somebody different than you, somebody that's not just doing things that you like to do. And, and so it was really kind of an interesting way to look at it. It's get involved in the interest of other people. He says, look to the interest of other people. Look out there and, and see what they are. And the, and the Greek word is skopio. It means to scope it out, 
Look around, see what other people are interested in. Find out what your spouse is involved in. Instead of fighting with them about the boat, instead of fighting with them about Pottery Barn or, or going to the uh, home design thing that they have downtown in Charleston, you, know, you can see which one I am in that, in that uh, dialogue. Uh, if it, it says begin to look out and say, okay, what, are, what is this person interested in? What is your wife interested in? And let me just say from my own personal standpoint, I would say we just went over 32 years of marriage. I have the strong box in the relationship. I, for most of the years, I would say I have been the selfish one, that everything kind of revolves around me. And um, there's no list in our house of like, okay, you know, that's your job to do that or anything like that. But uh, Susan has always exemplified this attitude of living with a, without a strong box holding her back. She has the ability to just love and uh, her self-interest quotient is so low. But um, I've been trying to develop that. And so I try to get outside of myself instead of looking at a list that maybe at the men's group I was told to do this. And maybe sometimes you need the list, but it's like, okay, but I'll, I'll get a lot more traction if I do this by just blowing up my heart and get out of myself and, and so this, um, I think it was yesterday morning, she was about to head to work. And like I said, there's no list of what I should do. But I, um, I know it was pouring down rain and Susan was concerned about her hair and the humidity and it goes flat while you're in the car and um, what's a girl to do? And I, you know, so I thought what I'll do is while she's up finishing up getting her rain jacket, I'll run outside, I'll get in her car, open up the garage door, pull all the junk in the, in the garage back, and I'll put her car inside the garage, open up the door, have the car running so that she can come through the garage, never get wet and get into the car. Now there's no list where that's written on. So where did that come from? Uh, it's, it came from um, a, a, a strong box that has been busted open. Is that getting out beyond myself, beginning to think about, looking out, scoping out, what is Susan's concern right now? And her concern at that moment was getting wet. And so it's like, okay, as long as you have your, you know, your scanner going back and forth and you're pinging out there and say, okay, what would interest her? What would, man, I tell you what, it, it, it's an incredible win. She got to work and I got this little, um, text that had all kinds of emojis about it being her everlasting love and all. And it's like, well, how did I get that? Well, you know, because I, I decided to blow up the safe. I decided to get outside the strong box of self-centeredness. The Apostle Paul continues and he says, have the same mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Now, there's a lot of theology in that, but if, I, if you'll let me have a little bit of movement in this, let me just say that Jesus could have stayed in the strong box of God entitlement. He really could. He could have just, I mean, I don't know how God is made up and how Father, Son, and Holy Spirit work and all that. I, I know he's one God and three persons, but, but he could have remained in the mystery of that and never blown up this, the strong box of uh, separateness from humanity or identifying with humanity. 
He could have always stayed up the top of the mountain and, and called out commands and performances, but rather he decided to blow up the strong box. And if I could call that the incarnation, it's a decision to, to move outside of entitlement and to get into, involved in the lives of people. I, I think that's what we're seeing. This is kind of a side note, but it's, it's that people, uh, particularly white people in America today, that as we begin to see some of the um, racial diversity that's in America I, and some of, the, some of the events that are happening around our country that I think we're, as a white American, I'm feeling the call of God to break out of my strong box, my place of advantage or, or entitlement or whatever you want to call it. And it's like, okay, um, I maybe I personally haven't done anything wrong, but that's not what love calls for. That's not what shepherding is. It's like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow up my self-interest I'm going to go beyond it. I'm look at the interest of others. And um, as somebody that uh, may have looked at signs or slogans, Black Lives Matter, you know, I, 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 I'll just be honest with you, I, maybe I kind of like, I, I'm not sure what that means. Well, it's not because I'm, I'm racist. It is just because I was stuck in the place of observation for my own personal life. And God's like, listen, I want you to blow up that strong box. I want, I want Black Lives to matter to you. And so we all need to, whether it's, whether it's a racial issue, whether it's a gender issue, whether it's a marriage issue, um, whether it's a parenting issue, someplace at work, we've got to be willing to break out of our entitlement and begin to get incarnated into the lives of other people, the interests of other people, and have the same mind in us which was in Christ Jesus. Paul continues and he says, but emptied himself, referring to Christ, by taking on a form of a servant, I'd love to put shepherd there, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. I mean, talking about developing um, affinity with people. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So he gives us a couple things. One, he calls on us to empty the safe, open the door. You don't have to blow up your heart. Um, if you still know the combination on how to open it, is that open up your heart, empty out the safe. Be willing to put your pl yourself in a place of risk to love another person. Be willing to um, not put you as first priority, but put a valuation on, on somebody that's different. Uh, so empty the safe. Begin serving other people. Begin getting involved in other people's lives. And at first, it may feel like a list, that I need to do this, and that's okay. That's one of the ways you blow up your safe is just put yourself in the place of other people and begin to serve them. Find commonality. Go hetero. Sounds kind of funny, but you know, like I said, you know, it's, I sure we focus on this in one particular biblical value, but it's interesting that uh, this, the same group that may cry this out loud on the streets is like a lot of us aren't going hetero when it comes to uh, scoping out other places where we can meet the needs of other people. That's, that's what the paid church staff does. We, you know, it's, you know, I send my money over there for them to take care of people, but now that God's like, go hetero. I want you to get into the mind of others. I want you to serve others. I want you to find commonality. It's such a beautiful thing. You know, my wife goes fishing with me, you know, and I, you know, I, I've seen her reel in a fish and enjoyed it and the thrill of it all, but you can't tell me she likes to get up and go fishing with me in the morning, you know, um, or does she? 
she does commonality so well that I can't, I can't find out where she's into it because I'm into it or she's into it because she's into it because she does it so well. And that's one of the things that we're called to do. It's like, listen to your kids' music instead of criticizing it. Get into the boat. If that's, what your, if that's where your husband is, well, then get into the boat. Go with your wife. If, if that's where she's going, if she's going, you know, and I don't want to sound stereotypical here, but if she's going looking for home improvement things or things that she's interested in, or if she's going to run a 5K, well, then, then train for the 5K with her. And then the last one is this, is dethrone yourself through the sacrifice for others. It's like just practice dethroning yourself. Um, you know, sometimes Susan will talk to me in the morning, how'd you sleep, and how do you feel, and how's your stomach, and how's your back? And I'll be like, I don't want to talk about that. Um, and she'll, at first, she kind of wondered why. I mean, it's like, because I don't want to talk about me. I don't want to always be cared for by you. I want to, I, I want us to, talk about each other. I want us to talk about life. I want to talk about you. I want to talk about how you slept. I want to talk about your dreams and what you want to do this weekend in the kitchen or what you want to, where you want to travel and on, a, on a trip or um, dethrone yourself through sacrifice for others. I know you're, you're sitting, I can hear it right now. I mean, it's like echoing. Uh, what about him? You know, I mean, I can, I can, I can see, you know, you're just like pointing your spouse. What about her? You know, you're just like, what about them? What about their strong box? Well, I'm going to tell you something. You can't blow up someone else's strong box. You just can't do it. You can't get the pastor to talk to them. And I'm not coming to your house to blow up her or his strong box. You can't blow up another person's strong box. But here's what I've learned that uh, you can coax them to open theirs. You really can. I love a verse that John gave us in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. He really talks about this. Um, don't try to blow up somebody else's safe, but rather kind of coax them for the combination, opening up to themselves and beep, 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 beep. And they, you know, turn that big wheel and the safe opens up. And there's a way to do that. He, and he tells us, he says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Now, that's the great thing. That means when we are, are loving effectively, we create an environment where somebody else feels safe um, to open their strong box. When they don't feel like they have to defend themselves all the time, where they don't feel they have to stick up for themselves or just, you know, constantly protecting themselves. And so he says, uh, create an environment where there is no fear through the power of love and, um, and where there is this perfect love, this love being done really well, the perfect love meaning the kind of love that God does, that it begins to cast out fear. And then all of a sudden you find, you know, the person's willing to maybe open up that door to the strong box of their lives. He says, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. And I love this coaxing power. He says, we love because he first loved us. See, it's not because God blew us up. It was that God first came to the earth, took upon himself the this, the selfishness of humanity and blew it up in himself and in his own life and, and through his own sacrifice. And it says it began to coax us out. We now love 
not out of fear, but we are now coaxed into this environment of opening our hearts to love him and to love others because he first loved us. He didn't blow up our, our um, strong box. What he did is that he blew up the perception of what love is, what fear is, and then created a safe environment. And through his love, he coaxes us out. And you can do this as well. Um, you can do this incredible work uh, through the power and through the love of God. So as we go into this moment of expressions where maybe you'll take communion as a family, maybe this will be a time of prayer, and you can just call the number on the screen to call into our prayer ministers during this time. Or, or maybe you're just going to go into another room and you need to talk to God. But maybe you want to start the prayer off this way. Um, God created me a new heart. That, that titanic metal in my heart, that um, Carbondale 1910 um, serious safe that I have. Lord God, I, I pray that you give me a new heart, a heart of love, a heart of compassion, the heart of Christ. Help me have the same mind in me that was in Christ Jesus, who shepherded all of us, who was willing to lay down his life so that we could all be drawn through his love into relationship with him. And, and God, help me love others the way that you loved me even unto the point of self-sacrifice. So let me encourage you. This is, this is not a time to be doing any elbowing and yeah, that's, that's the prayer that you need to pray or no, don't try to blow up somebody else's safe. This is a time when you either let God blow yours up or you, you just entered the, the code, the, the password into the safe and begin the combination and open it up and, and begin to let self-centeredness out, begin to let fear out, begin to let self-preservation and self-benefit out and begin the process of valuing others more important than yourself. Father, as we enter into this moment, you are doing an incredible work and, and we just thank you for your love and we thank you that you want our relationships to flourish. You don't want us just to go through um, a list of things that we have to do, but rather you want to create a new heart in us, a heart of love. And you want to take out that heart of stone and give us a heart that beats with the, the very love of Christ. So Father, in this moment, we ask, give us a new heart.